the business is brought to you by audible.com everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Married with a Business. I'm Craig. And I'm Allison. And we're Married with a Business. We're here to share tips, tricks, stories of what it's like to be a married couple that own and operate a business together. Yeah. So, Craig, what have you been up to? Well, we just got back from a nice, long vacation. Yes. But you know what? It took me a lot longer this year than in previous years to... Um, have my body re-regulate itself. Well, and we've talked about this. I think we've talked about it. I don't know if we talked about this before, but like we, for the longest time, we did what everybody else did. We, you know, we did a one-week vacation uh, with our family every summer, like our summer like family vacation. And, uh, and you know, and, and being entrepreneurs and self-employed, it does sort of at times allot you to be able to take a lot more, not a lot more time off of work, but a lot more time away from work. Different time off? Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we used to do a lot of like short four-day weekends or three-day weekends, and then we do one week a year. Well, two years ago, we said, hey, you know what? We Let's do two weeks. And we learned, and there's been studies that's shown that one week, it's hard. One week is hard for your body to regulate, right? So you have, you know, you leave, you've got those first two days once you get there of getting acclimated, and then you only have like two days of vacationing and relaxing before you get amped back up again about leaving. So we did find, especially the first year that we did it, three years ago, first year we did the two weeks away, that, wow, like by day three we were relaxed, and then we had seven days or whatever it was of being, eight days of being relaxed and feeling relaxed. Yeah, and I think for me, um, the first year was probably the best year because we had planned for a year to do this two weeks and so I had changed my systems I had changed my staffing last year we went into it and I had a brand new marketing person so that was a little wonky and this year going into it I had hired a new assistant but she hadn't started yet so I had to do I had to work I worked pretty much every day we were there well and one of the things that kind of precipitated what we we're going to talk about today on this show was sort of our week leading up to vacation was, I, I, I'm not going to say it was a train wreck. It was just odd. It was a very strange week. We had an employee um, give us a notice. We had another employee, two employees give us notice. We had one employee call and say he'd like his job, he'd like to come back. We had a competitor that wanted to talk to us about possibly working together. There was just a lot that and happened. And I hired a new admin. And, all, all in the four days leading up to getting ready to be away for two weeks. So I think like when we, like going away, like even the morning that we were driving to vacation, we drive to our destination every year. And even like our the morning of driving, like there's just still like a million things in my brain. And like there was a lot of work stuff. And it was like, so I think this trip was hard to sort of land and and calm ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I'm checking emails. I'm responding to messages. We literally bought a printer to take with us this time around, which we used a ton. Um, and not that we worked all day every day. I mean, when you have to spend 15, 20 minutes sitting at the beach doing stuff, that's a lot better than sitting in your office. So I can't complain too much. Well, and I don't, I don't want to get into details, but while we were away... We had an opportunity, a business opportunity that arose um, that we kind of needed to work on and focus on because it was kind of a, t a timely manner. And so we had to get back to people and we had to call a lawyer and we had to talk to our accountant while we were away. Right. And so all of this is leading up to saying why we picked this 
conversation about talking about fear and managing your business and managing your life through fear is because as entrepreneurs, lots of stuff is being thrown at us all the time. And they nobody else cares that you're on vacation or you're getting ready to go away. Be, and, but we have to deal with it as it comes to us or pre-talk about, well, what do we do if things come at us? And there is a lot of fear sometimes in making sure that everybody has what they need in the timely manner and that you're getting back to clients and you're selling things and you're making the best decisions you can with the information you have in the moment. You know, I think about fear in a lot of different ways for me. Like I'm a salesperson, right? So uh, I feel like every day there's a certain amount of fear in my life. Will that client sign? Will the check come in? Whatever. And I think there's differing levels of fear as a business owner, right? So you have that fear as a business owner of, you know, there's so many people counting on you. There's from, you know, our family, um, you know, to our employees' families, to our clients that we're going to, you know, show up and do what we say we're going to do. There's so much fear there that you want to succeed, that fear of not succeeding, that fear of messing up, that fear of failure. And we run a construction company it's something like the average construction company is out of business in four years. Um, we've Our company's been in business almost 65 years, and we've been running it for 20 years. But, you know, failure is not an option for me. And I, I remember early on when I was transitioning to running the business, um, one day something happened, and I just had a complete meltdown on our kitchen floor. And I remember turning to you and saying, failure is not an option. Um People are relying on me for their retirement, for their payroll, to so they can feed their kids. Like it's, it's just not an option. And I know that they say you learn from your mistakes and you learn from failure, but that has to be tempered in my in my world. And then, I, then I think there's a fear, Allison, that is a fear that you can't control. The fear of the thing from outside pushing in that you have no control of. If it's, you know, and and I and this is why you never watch the news. You you refuse to watch the news. I try to watch news, but if it's like the economy's crashing, this president is bad and this president's great or that president's great and this president's bad and the you know, all of those things that you know, fill you with fear. I mean, even down to, we, 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 it's so funny, coming back from our trip to Delaware, there was a tornado warning in our town that we live in. And the text chain in our neighborhood went bonkers. Like everybody was freaking out and get, they were running to their basements. And we live in an area in New England where tornadoes are very, very, very rare. And everybody, everybody's freaking out and running to their basements. And like we're turning, and we're worried about your parents and we're turning our our house and we're turning on the news in the car, the Boston news in the car so we can see what's going on. There, that fear of something that like we can't control it. We, and it's beautiful and sunny where we are. Right. And I think that that's one thing to think about though is that fear of those outside influencers. And there have been people who have lost their businesses in their homes in good recession, in good economies. There have been people who've done those things in bad economies. There have been people who have built huge businesses with Republican presidents and huge businesses with Democratic presidents. The reason that I try not to watch the news is because it emotionally affects me. 
but it doesn't affect my economy. What I do affects my economy. Exactly. And so I think that those are, you know, those are two types of like couple types of fear that I think we deal with in our everyday lives. And and I think I was one of the things that we've always struggled with that you and I we're not risk takers, right? We've talked about it before on the show. We we are very much like we're financially, we're definitely not risk takers. You know, we talk about Dave Ramsey and the whole we don't carry, we don't like debt, we don't want to be in debt. And so sometimes that fear of taking that big risk does slow us a little bit. Oh, it definitely does. I'm a high C. Um, I have to have lots of information and lots of planning and know exactly how we're going to pay for it and the timeline and everything. Um, I've been in, I've been in the con, I've been in remodeling long enough to have seen really prosperous times with my family and really devastating times with my family. And I'm always preparing for the devastating times. My dad always said, you know, you got to prepare for the recession. You have to be ready to make a move when everybody else has to sell off. Um, and I have, and so those fe- those instinctual fears have, have precipitated how I make decisions sometimes. And um, that's why, you know, we talk about a lot of times in, and couples who run business together, they seem to be a yin and a yang. And um, you are much more the spender, and I am much more the saver. Yeah, I mean, we, we've actually, if you go back, uh, Chris Ernest was on an episode uh, a year ago. He's an accountant with Pazersky Hatch. Um, and it was an interesting conversation, but we talk a lot about, for you and I, Allison, that, like, I'm the, like, go big or go home person and you're the the play it safe person you're the I'm the I'm the one who's like let's spend every dollar that's in the bank because it's going to make us more dollars down the road and you're like we got to put every dollar that comes in the door in the bank you can't buy anything and so like that helps us balance each other though because I think that you know if if I was left to my own devices we would have no money um probably some cool stuff but like we probably wouldn't be able to feed ourselves and then if you were in charge 100% you know we would have nothing except for like maybe some cats running around and you would be like uh, you'd be like uh uh Scrooge McDuck like diving in the coins in the in your in your bedroom no i don't like to tell anybody how much we have <laughs> i don't even like to tell you um but part of that is fear, right? It's fear of the unknown. Um, and there is a there is a fine line between letting your fear drive your decisions and letting your fear consume you. And we talked recently in one of our advisory groups about what questions should we be asking each other if we're not really engaging. And one of the people said, ask me what I'm afraid of. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things – you know, I think about it with me and you and sort of our differences. Like you, you have that fear, like we, like you said earlier, that fear of failure, that failure is not an option. And I think sometimes that informs, you know, your very much like it has to be organized. It has to, has to have a reason and a purpose and we want to save and we want to. And I think on the other end, I, I look back at the last 10 years of my life. And since my dad passed away unexpectedly young in his late 50s, early 60s, and you know, and now I'm pushing on the door of that, those ages that I have that other side of fear, which is like, we've got to go do everything. And I want, I want to experience everything because what if I don't make it to 65? What if I don't make it to 60? So I think, you know, I, I think that you have to have each other 
you know, and we have to have each other to balance those fears. And there is there. I think the hardest thing that we sometimes struggle with is there is a give and take in it. Um, and we have to talk about it. Like we have to talk about what, you know, one, what we're afraid of and why we're afraid of it. And two, like, you have, you understand, like, I want to do this because I am fearful of what happened to my dad and he never got to experience those things because he worked so hard his whole life. And I have to be understanding of you. Like we, I can't go out and buy every toy gadget guitar that I want because we have to be mindful of the bank account and the money and planning for the future as well. And I think that it's important when you're couples that work together, even if you're in a relationship and you're just listening to this, you know, that is a question asking your partner what you're afraid of so that you guys can talk about it is really important and listening so that you can have informed conversations. And then that also ties into bringing that up with your advisors so that you can talk to people outside of it. We talked to our accountant about it, like what, you know, what are those things that Allison's afraid of and why is she afraid to take money that she's due out of the business or spend it on something that, you know, you guys want when you can afford to pay for it in cash and it isn't going to be detrimental to your financial statements. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I I think it's really hard for people to talk about those emotions, right? Because it's an emotional thing. Like there's logic to it, but it's also, it's very emotional. Fear is an emotion. And so I think that, you know, being able to listen and not belittle and not make fun of and accept the the fear, whatever it is for your partner that, you know, you, you accept it and you understand it and you say, hey, listen, I get it. Like, what, what can we do to help you, you know, squash this fear down? Yeah. And when you talk about it, it helps you. You say your fears out loud. It helps you understand them better, so that you can feel better, um, you know. When you start to identify what the triggers are, and it can help you create a plan for what to do when you feel that way. And it helps you understand more deeply why you're feeling that way sometimes when you talk about it with other people. Uh, you have a note here that, like, talking about it helps you feel less alone. Like, you feel by yourself when you have a fear and you're not talking to anybody about it, and then it just festers and builds and and just grows in your head. And so I think, you know, you start to put yourself out on an island, especially, and we, we've said this all, all, all along, like people who are entrepreneurs, people who own businesses and don't have a partner, like we have each other, right? And we have a very good communication style over the years that we've developed. But like somebody who's by themselves, they get that fear of, man, I'm, my business isn't doing well, or I need to make these sales or that this loan is coming due, whatever it might be. They don't have anybody to share that, those fears with. And when you don't have anybody to share it with or you don't feel like you can, quote unquote, burden anybody or it's yours and you have to deal with it, it makes you feel more isolated, which then just gets you into this really bad cycle. And, you know, I I think this goes without saying, but it's mental health wise, it's really tough on you, right? Like fear, for the most part, fear and depression is what causes people to spiral the worst in, in their mental health. Yeah. So, Craig. How do you react to fear? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't do great. Like, so we, we talk about, you know, I, when I get worked up, when I get a, afraid of something, I want to fill myself in a, in a, with, uh, with something that's good, right? I want to fight the fear with something that makes me happy. So if that's, you know, we've, we've talked about it before. Like, I play a lot of, like, sports video games uh, because it's 
I, the fear starts to build in my head, the sports video game makes me not think about it, right? Or watching sports. Um, I have, and I'll, you know, we've ta- I, I've talked about it. I also have sometimes I want to fill that fear with food, right? So like I want to eat because food makes you feel better. We talked about how I like to shop. I like to buy things. I like to spend money when I get scared. Those are all bad ways of me manifesting my fear into something else um, that I've I try, I try to work on. I, I love the people. I wish I could be like the person, like they get feared, they get worked up, they get depressed or whatever. And they like go jump on a treadmill and run for seven miles or they go and ride a bike for, you know, 14 hours. Like, I wish I could be that person and I'm not. Maybe, maybe I should, maybe that should be what I work on is like work on changing the way I channel dealing with my fears. Well, how, how can I help you manage that? <laughs> I have no idea how you can help me manage it. Because that's the other problem that, and, I, and, and you and I have struggled with this, is that, you know, you have a tendency when I get upset or worked up about something, you just want to fix it, right? Like, you're yeah. like a fixer. So it's like, it's like, what can I do? What do you need me to do? What are we going to do? Let's go do this. Let's go for a walk. Let's go. And I'm just like, I just want to shut down. Um, whereas, what? whereas I, so using work as an example, whereas I want to do something to fix it. I want to, I will get up. I want to get up early. I want to do more things. I want to talk to more people. Um, I don't eat. I don't sleep. Um, I'm the, like, I will clean the house. Like I, mo- I need to be moving. To I rem- get through that. I remember in the downturn in 08 when the economy was pretty bad and the great the great whatever recession Ooh. or well, it wasn't a bad place. Like we were not great. Like you and I were not great and it was hilarious not hilarious. It's hilarious now. At the time it wasn't hilarious. But like I literally think that you lost 20 pounds and I put on 20 pounds in the span of a summer. Uh, because you weren't eating and I was eating everything I could see. I came home, I ate some Cheerios, and I went to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also remember I called a, a mentor at the time, Victoria Downing, who runs Remodelers Advantage, which is a networking group for remodelers. And I was talking her through, and she was like, Allison, you're doing everything you can do. There are some things you can't control. And you're going to, in 10 years, look back on this and laugh because you're doing everything you can do. And you just have to fight through it and do as much as you just keep going keep going and 10 years and 10 years later I looked back and I go oh thank god we made it through that like I just kept getting up and doing something every day um and it, you know it we bottomed out and it turned around slowly and slowly built back up um you know and it's been 15 years since then and you know we have we've had ups and downs but um I just keep remembering I don't want to go back to that place but that's also why I'm like kind of crazy because I remember okay this is how much we have this week for the grocery store this is how much we have for that that's so I've never even when we've had really good years never spent like it's been a really good year yeah and I think that you know the I think that taught us a lot. Like I think looking back at, at the 08 downturn and trying to run a business uh, through the recession there, I think it really taught us, uh, you know, or I came out the other side feeling, you know, more confident that we can survive it, you know. And I think this time, if and we're not in a recession, I know that's what you'd say. We're not in a recession. You just hear the news. I think don't watch the news. Yeah, I think this this great like inflation stoppage that they're trying to do. Um, 
I think what it's causing right now is is there's some anxiety and it's slowing everything down, but I don't fear losing the business. I fear having to tighten our belt or change the way we do our daily lives or we might have to lay an employee off or do this or do that, not get the thing we wanted this week and wait six months. But like, it's a different time and I think we've grown up a lot in those 15 years. Yeah, and so my fears now are the same and different. It's are we going to re- are we reacting fast enough? Um, but you also don't know that. You know, we're in an industry of um, tomorrow we could land a huge project and it'd be a whole different ballgame than it is today. Right. So uh, just thinking back on some action items, some things you can do that we talked about, like w- I think the most important thing is talk about your fears. Don't be afraid to talk about what you're afraid of. And sometimes it's good to have those conversations before you're in a spot where you're afraid. You know, if things are chugging along fine, that's a great time to say, hey, what are you afraid of? And when you, how do you react to fear? What can we, what can we do? Um, I think sometimes our most productive conversations can be in those times when we're not in some sort of crisis mode or fear mode or those kind of things. And I think the other thing you think about is like, think about the type of fear that you're dealing with. And is it even something that you can control? If it's if it's the news, if it's the noise, turn it off. If it's something that you can do something about, do something about it. I think there's an understanding what is causing the fear. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's medical fear, which is completely different than business fear, that which is different than what do we, something going on with your kids. Right. So definitely, though, f- you know, find that person. If it's hopefully it's your spouse, it's your partner. Um, if it's not, find a professional to talk to and talk your fears out. Allison, speaking of fears, what are you listening to or what are you getting ready to listen to, I should say, about fear? So I just downloaded on to listen to on Audible, The Fearless Organization by Amy C. Edmondson. So and in this book, she talks about how fear can hold back organizations from achieving their goals. We've talked in the past about how we have our vision traction organizer and we have our one, three and 10 year goals. And in this book, it provides some practical advice on how to create a more fearless culture in your workplace. And you know me, I love books that kind of give me actionable items that we can try to implement in our business to make us better. Yeah, so check it out, The Fearless Organization. That is on Audible, Allison. You can download and just listen to it. And you can get a free 30 days on us. Just go to audibletrial slash bizmarried and you can get sign up there, get a free 30 days on us. Download this book, any other book about fear, about business, whatever you might be. So uh, definitely check that out. Thanks everybody for listening this week. Don't forget, you can find us. We're on all of the social media platforms at BizMarried. You can also find our website, marriedwithabusiness.net. And on there, Allison, you can find out a lot about us, who we are. You can listen to episodes. You can find some resources. And you can also sign up to be a guest if you're interested in being on the show. We interview people all the time and share their stories about being married couples that own and operate businesses together. So check that out, marriedwithabusiness.net. And thanks for listening this week, everybody. Remember, tell your friends to like, subscribe us, find us on iTunes, anywhere that you download podcasts. And remember, not only is it important to focus on your business but also your marriage because we're married with a business.